listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by the Envision Advisors at Your Castle Real Estate. Hey Denver, Chris Lopez here. Today's episode is another deal analysis. We're going to be talking about a house hack which is a single family home up in Arvada. My co-host and agent on the deal is Lauren Valinoni. Lauren, good afternoon. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Super excited to talk about, about this one. I know this is just a, uh, I mean, another solid house hack. Um, what did you like about it? I liked about this is, um, you know, working with, with uh, Ryan, um, he knew pretty much right at the beginning what he was looking for, the specific area. And, um, you know, there was some challenges throughout it, but we were able to get this one under um, list price and we did a 14 day close. So under list price, quick close. And we're also gonna talk about some of the, the not so fun stuff that comes with real estate investing because this unfortunately happened to Ryan and his property. But let me introduce Ryan Lynn. Ryan, how are you doing? Fantastic, Chris, Lauren, thanks for having me. Of course. So Ryan, just kind of give everyone a little bit of background. I mean, what made you get into investing? Who are you? What led you up to one of the house hack? Yeah, definitely. So like most of us, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad in college, right? So um, obviously was infatuated with real estate for quite some time now, ended up going the the normal route and finishing college and graduated with significant amount of student loan debt. Um, So that kind of put my real estate empire on hold. Um, But was able to pay off all that debt, move uh, move to Denver here and actually moved into a house with uh, someone who was house hacking. So he, um, you know, was living rent free um, and ended up having six or seven properties on his own. So that's when I decided um, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this myself. Is that what kind of like re revitalized the real estate investing? Like, oh crap, I didn't get this done? I'd say so, yeah. I, um, you know, I, I reached out to him via Craigslist and found the room via Craigslist and he told me he was in real estate. So I kind of use that as a sign that I need to live with this guy um, and ended up picking his brain for a few years and then, yeah, re- re-sparked everything. So was there like a big nugget or or knowledge you took away from picking his brain and living in one of his house hacks? That's a good one. Um, I'd probably say how frugal he could become, uh, you know, and, you know, money conscious and really any income that he was bringing in, he was always reinvesting. So I've kind of tried to take that, take that into my own practice. So he's just very frugal and has really great financial discipline. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that, that's definitely a skill set to develop for sure. All right. So, um, why did you start with house hacking? Why house hacking? I would say the the low cost to entry for sure. Living uh, mortgage free definitely appealed to me. Um, I was actually living alone prior to this purchase and just not really a fan of living alone. So wanted to get um, some roommates again and, and build up a nice community. So felt like uh, yeah, the house hack was a, was a great option. All right. And what is your long term goal? Your your house hacking. This is the the first investment of. I assume many, but what's what's the rough goal and timeline you have? Yeah, definitely. So I'd say long-term goals are, I'm 33 right now. I want to get to 10 properties uh, by the age of 40. So um, I'm currently working, looking at rentals right now. Um, and then November, I'll be eligible to move out and, you know, house hack. So 
potentially knock on wood uh three properties in in 12 months well going from zero to three in a year would be i mean that's impressive not a bad year so okay you're 33 the goal is to get to 10 properties in the next seven years through a combination of house hacking and buying some rentals a mix of those to get to 10 properties right Correct. All right. So let's jump into this deal. I'm going to turn over to the spreadsheet now. So for the podcast listeners, we will talk the numbers, but always check the show notes or YouTube video for the full details of it. And we're going to use the spreadsheet to get the numbers and actually talk about the process. So um, I know we started talking at some point last year. My memory is a little fuzzy, but it was post-COVID. That's all I remember. Mm -hmm. We started talking. You wanted the house hack. I got the loose strategy in there, Looped and Lauren to go out there and actually execute on there. And so, you know, we started hunting for properties. What was your initial criteria on what you wanted? Yeah, I knew I wanted a single family residence um, and wanted plenty of space, really, because, you know, you don't want to be living right on top of anyone that, um, you know, you're roommates with. So, um, you know that was that was kind of the kind of the main ones. Uh, a lot of square footage, some yard, um, and relatively turnkey. Didn't want to do a ton of work, um, so I'd say say those are the main ones. Why why single family, not multifamily? Because usually it's you're the opposite. Most people want to buy multifamily because they run it on bigger pockets. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I'd probably say just down payment requirements. Yeah, I don't know. Keep it simple, do 5% down, right? Yeah, yeah, simple. All right, so Lauren, when you guys started hunting, what was the initial search like and kind of the first couple of properties education process? Yeah, so uh, he was focused on a single family property and location was something that he was like specific on. So we were looking more in like the like Northwest area of town. Also like the like, central area, but I think he started to realize that more of the inventory um, with the finishes that he was wanting is going to be a little bit more outside of like the low high area. And um, knowing that he really wanted a house hack, I think that the bedroom bathroom count was really important to him just to ensure like that living space would be suitable for having like multiple people living in the house. Um, price point, he wanted to stay under 500000 And like he was saying, more of a turn turnkey property. So um, he, you know, having some experience, you know, working in, the, he's working in the real estate industry. I think he had a pretty level head on his shoulders of just like expectations. And I think we only walked about like four properties. We did one, one day, about like three. And then the property he ended up purchasing, we went and looked at that single house. And um, he knew pretty much like right away, walking the property he ended up purchasing, it was pretty much hitting, um, you know, checking off every box that he was, he was looking for. And so it is a four, three mm-hmm. single family home house hack in Arvada, right? Yep. Arvada. And it was just a little bit north of Old Town, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a great location. So I put that in a spreadsheet here, primary residence, and you did 5% down. I actually ended up doing 3%. He was able Ooh, to do 3%, 3. down. Yeah. So which, was that the 3% down conventional program? Yep. Correct. Ooh, mm-hmm. great. So 3%. Uh, what about mortgage insurance? Um, I think that ended up being about 1200 Okay, so you're doing monthly paid or was that upfront I, paid? I pay, uh, upfront. Upfront. Yeah. It only cost you $1,200? I believe so. Wow. Okay. That's great. Um, 
So we'll we'll kind of adjust those numbers here. What was so? Let's talk about the list price and then the purchase price and kind of weave in the story about the contracts. What was it listed at, Lauren? That's a great question. <laughs> Do you remember what was listed at? <laughs> the specific. It was listed at four ninety. Okay, right. that's right. There you go. So four ninety. Mm-hmm. But what was it purchased at? Purchase purchased at four seventy five. So, because there's no comps in the area at that 490 price. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So you went in below list price. So mm-hmm. was this sitting on the market for a few days or a couple of weeks or what was the, the, the listing situation like? Yeah. The history of the property was something that was interesting. Um, and so it was listed previously, maybe like two months before um, on the market it was pending. It went under contract. It fell out of contract and, um, they did they came back at that same price and so that pretty much gave us some like leverage to understand that you know it wasn't under contract yet we weren't going up any like you know other major um you know offers so it's always good to start like low whenever you're going to be going and under and provide yourself some like cushion there but they ended up taking the initial offer that ryan wanted to put in looking at the uh, comps that for 75 you know made a lot of a lot of sense mm-hmm. and this was back in october november right mm-hmm. yep. okay yeah we, we did end up getting five thousand seller credits as well okay so I'll, I'll go and put that in here um okay so they accepted your offer which it sounded like you thought they'd probably count you higher right lauren there was a chance you never really know yeah. but you know you definitely want to leave a little bit of like room in it okay so got the offer where they put the offer and they accepted it. The first phase is always the due diligence inspection phase. Mm-hmm. Hire an inspector, do all that. What was what was the inspection process like? I don't know. I'll take that one. Okay. Um, yeah, after the inspection, it, there, it was relatively simple stuff. Um, you know, fix electrical outlets, whatnot. Um, the big thing was, which I initially skipped, was the radon inspection, but we ended up going back and and um, getting getting that inspected. That did did come back a little bit high. Um, so that was an ongoing issue for probably a month, maybe two months after, because um, we were working with the seller directly on uh, reconciling. Yeah, um, you know the the high reading that came along with that. So it did have the radon mitigation system in, um, but I always just say, you know, th- you're in a position of power during this inspection period. So even if a radon mitigation system is in there, it always makes sense to get it retested because you don't know if it's operating fully, mm-hmm. and um, you know if the fan's broken or anything like that. Um, you know that's going to come back high. And then you're, you know, most, you know, 99% of the time, the seller is going to pay to correct that. This one was a quicker close. So that little bit of a delay of, um, you know, us end up doing the radon test after the normal inspection. Um, we decided the seller didn't want to get the system installed. They were, uh, I'm sorry, the seller didn't want to give us a credit. The seller wanted to install it. But because it was a 14-day close, we decided to go ahead and allow them to fix it after it's closed because the inspection, whatever you negotiate with the inspection items, will live on past the day of closing. So if the seller agrees to fix something but it's not able to get done in time of closing, they're still responsible to get it done. Great. So we ran into a couple issues with that. Yes, and we, we will talk about that in, in, in a few minutes. Um, all right, so on the inspection report, no no major things. Obviously, radon was high, but high radon is not 
It's right. not a big deal. Install system, mm -hmm. thousand bucks or whatever it is. Um, so got through that and you got $5,000 in seller credits. Was that for inspection items? That was, yeah. Various items. I think we needed um, a water heater was, was brand new. Um, I can't remember what else. I think it's the <laughs> evaporator cooler as well. There was some like issues there with the evaporator cooler. Um, but just like, you know, it was the, the seller had bought the property and like fixed it up. So they were, they were willing to not have to do the work anymore and just get majority of the things done. But they, I think with the radon reason why they wanted to fix it was because they didn't believe that the radon, there was really anything wrong with it. They thought maybe the fan was just not plugged, plugged in. Mm. So they're like, great, we'll agree to this. We'll just go and plug the fan in and it should fix it. And not, they didn't realize that it was a little bit of a bigger, bigger issue. Okay. And something, I mean, that we always, you know, recommend clients is do the full inspection, do a screw scope and do radon. Those Absolutely. are three things always, always do. Whether you guys work with us or not, always, always do that. If you're actually, you know, buying a property, um, always do those three things as a recommendation. All right. So we get past the inspection. You got $5,000 for in credits for this stuff, uh, which is great. Um, now moving on to the closing table, this was a, a quick close. I mean, 14 days is a quick close. Standard contracts about just under 30 days for what, you know, what we often do. Why did you guys do the quick close? Um, well, he was working with, with Joe, Joe Massey, and that was something that was important to the seller timing okay. on it was as well. And I think timing was important for you also. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and it's also something that we've kind of used to like work through appraisals a little bit. Um, you know, Joe Massey has a great job of, um, ordering that rush appraisal and, um, it was just, it was just the best thing to make our offer look competitive, especially cause we were going in under, under yep. list, you know, this was technically a flip. So when it comes to a, the seller, it's a flipper time is time is money for their holding cost. So that was attractive for them as well. And that's just part of your expertise as you put the offer together, you mm -hmm. have a backstory, hey, let's put mm -hmm. the pieces together to make this the most attractive offer, mm -hmm. which is not always the highest price. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so we, we we get the appraisal, I'm assuming no issues there, right? Came in at value or above or? I think it came in over. Came in over? Yeah, I mean, it appraised higher right away. I think it was 481. Great. what it came in, yeah, like two weeks after we got under contract. <laughs> yeah. So that was uh, obviously a great feeling. Yeah. And then for acquisition cost, I mean, I mean, just kind of standard 5,000 or are they like I major 6,000. Okay. And that counted, uh, your PMI, I'm sorry. Yeah. Your, your PMI prepayment and no major point buy down. I believe so. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to zero out this upfront mortgage insurance. That should work. I mean, all in what? I mean, 17, $20,000. You remember? Right around there, yeah. Okay, so we're, we're close enough though, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, that's all we want is good enough right now as we kind of talk about these uh, these numbers. Okay, so you get to closing table. <clears throat> Actually, before you get to closing table, you get presented you know, from Joe or other lenders. What are your options and what was your interest rate on this property? So I came in at 2.75. Nice. Yeah. 2.75, 30-year fixed, right? Correct. All right. Now, let's talk some business plan here because there's really two components to house hack. It's while you're living there, and it's also the future rental property. We always like to prioritize, hey, this is a future rental property and living there for a year because you need to for you know lending conditions so we don't commit loan fraud. So while you're living there, what is your plan? 
Um, yeah, my plan is to rent out, well, the two rooms right now. I already have the basement rented out. Um, he's got his own bathroom down there, plenty of space. Um, I'm, I have a tenant moving in this weekend for another room upstairs. That's going to be two of us. Um, we all have our own bathrooms right now. I'm using the fourth room as an office um, just because I'm working from home temporarily, but at some point I'll be out in the field. So I'd imagine within the next two months, I'm going to be renting out that fourth room. Um, so yeah, th at that point I'll be living rent free. All right. Mortgage free. So, yes. uh, you run out three bedrooms. You'll be living mortgage free about, about break even probably. I'll probably be making like a hundred bucks. Okay. Yeah. Nice. What are you going to rent the room? Like, give us a, so let me back up. Give us the layout of the property and then give us a breakdown of like what you're renting the rooms for. Gotcha. Yeah. And um, I forgot to mention that in the buying criteria. That was certainly important. Um, so, downstairs has, it's a large room with a personal bathroom. So, I'm renting that out for $9.50 right now. Um, I'd imagine. That, so, I purchased the place in November. Um, you know, when I'm in a more desirable time during the year um, to find tenants, I could probably get more money from that with that. But um, decided to kind of keep it conservative. So nine fifty downstairs, um, seven fifty for the second room upstairs, um, and then so that's that's what I'm getting right now is seventeen hundred rental income, and then the third room probably come in around 700 650 700 that's pretty conservative as well all right let me just update on here great so you get those rented out so i mean that is a good turn cash flow now we're not going to run the spreadsheet that way because we're we're all interested in this as a, as a future rental property so when you move out what's the plan are you doing a room by room you're doing a single tenant what's your business plan yeah, definitely gonna be doing room by room just because the increased income. Um, I'd I'd imagine I'd probably be able to get nine hundred for the master that I'm staying in. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have a personal bathroom; it's pretty large. It's plenty of space. So, um, yeah, that'll come in about what thirty thirty three hundred bucks. We'll see how good your mental math is while you're recording a podcast. <laughs> I will say it's been a while since I filled this out. I mean, we closed in November, so. All right. So when you move out room by room, we're thinking nine fifty for the basement, seven fifty for room number two, seven hundred for room number three, and nine hundred for the master bedroom, which is where you're at. So thirty three hundred. Hey yo, good nice. job. Awesome. Um, now again, this is all moving out. Once you once you move out of here, Ryan, what are you running your vacancy at? Three percent. I kept at three percent. Okay. Rent increase, appreciation. I mean, not gonna impact the future returns that much, but I'm kinda curious. Like I actually as a side note, because you work with CoStar. I do. Um, which yes. as a total plug, he helped me get a few <laughs> licenses. So if people need a CoStar rep, definitely reach out to line. Um, but you're in the industry. So what do you run your assumptions at? So I kept them pretty conservative here. So vacancy, I kept at 3% and then rent increase was, was also 3%. Um, appreciation was five, but I know that's, that's pretty conservative given what's happened over the last, you know, historical run, but especially last year. So I kept them exactly how they're Perfect. showing. So when you move out property management, I'm assuming you're going to be self-managing. Yeah. 
All right. And that's because it maximizes cash flow and because property managers generally don't do house hacking or I'm sorry, room by room rentals. Monthly reserves. What are you running your reserves at? Um, I kept it in the same 5%. Okay. And HOA? No HOA. Nope. No HOA. Remember your taxes? I believe it's 1300 bucks. Okay. I can look it up too. All right. Uh, insurance? I'll have to... I'll have okay. to look, yeah. Well, I mean, insurance, but we'll say 1500 Taxes, we'll put in 1300 until uh, Lauren verifies that for us. Now, since you're doing a room-by-room room rental once you move out, are you going to put all the utilities in your name and then just include that in the rent or charge people extra 50 bucks? What's your plan with utilities? Um, I'm undecided with that, but I'll probably keep them in my name and then kind of bill back, bill back um, the tenants because that seems to be a pretty... Pretty significant draw is when you mention that utilities are included. So in the rent you gave us, you know, 900, 750, 950, 700, is this including utilities or will utilities be on top of that? Utilities will be on top. Oh, okay. So for, we can leave these blank. Actually, sorry, I take that back. Utilities are included in, in those numbers. Okay, perfect. Yeah, so that's for put, the tenant. Okay, perfect. So then we'll come in here in the uh, annual expenses and actually put in utilities. Kind of ballpark is what do you think your water sewer bill is going to be annually? Um, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, I think water has been like 15 bucks a month or so. So 1500. Okay. I mean, trash, I mean, what, three, four dollars a year? I mean, yeah, eighty, hundred dollars a quarter. I mean, we'll just say, say four in the roundup, Excel, what, probably 1500 bucks, I'd say. No, no crazy heating bills the last no. few months. Okay, Lauren, do we have a final <laughs> thing yes. on taxes? Uh, Twenty four fifty two. There we go. Thank you, Lauren. You're welcome. I bet the thirteen hundred was your insurance. Yeah. Yeah, that it was. sounds better. It was yes, it okay. was. That sounds so. okay. So, taxes twenty four <laughs> and change. Insurance thirteen hundred. Utilities fifteen hundred for water sewer. Four hundred for trash. Fifteen hundred for Excel. Any other expenses in here? Wi-Fi, landscaping. Yeah, Wi-Fi is 40, 40 50 bucks a month. Um, so we'll say 600 bucks for the year. Mm -hmm. Just keep it simple. Ooh, not 6,000. And then that's probably it, right? Because what you're going to, you're either going to, you're going to probably have a, uh, one of the tenants go in there and take care of the lawn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe yeah, maybe that. A, it's a joint, it's a joint effort right now. Community, um, right? It's a yeah, communal community, space. Like I said, community. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just kind of, I guess, miscellaneous house yeah. homeowner stuff that I haven't really, you know, factored in too much of it. But, All right. Well, I mean, we we are close enough on these numbers here. So going to the cash flow portion of the spreadsheet. So we're looking at, you know, right around a twenty thousand dollars total cash investment on the purchase price of four seventy five with an annual rental income of just under $40,000. So that is some great cash flow doing a room by room rental model at $33 per month. And then your expenses are about $10,000 a year, leaving you a net operating income of $28,000 and change. Less your mortgage payments about $23,000 for the year. And your annual cash flow is just over 6,000 bucks a year. So you see those numbers. What is your reaction? Uh, it's pretty satisfying for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I know 
some of my the rental income is is conservative as well um that's been on the upswing too so i think i'd probably even get more than that to be honest but um yeah for first property returns not too bad yeah, yeah I, mean, I think for location the same property in today's market you know would have gone for probably over over five mm-hmm. um and interest rates not having to pay pay down to get that 2.75 with a three percent down i mean it's 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 awesome. Returns are really good. <laughs> yeah, I mean the 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 estimates are already over five. So purchased yeah. at four, it was actually four seventy. You know, minus the five thousand seller cost. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the estimates are like five oh eight right now. So mm-hmm. it's a pretty good appreciation in four months. Yep, absolutely. So these are all the like positive, you know, all the the good things <laughs> yes. right about this deal. So and again, this is where you know uh, spreadsheet numbers look great then we have reality and as we mentioned in the beginning of the podcast this was you know every investor is going to take your black eyes i think you got a couple black eyes on this property and you're willing to share it with us and the audience which is great because you know a lot of the stuff people read and listen to the internet is it's all just you know it's it paints a very rosy picture but it's a matter of when not if something goes sideways and, and bad stuff happens and unfortunately you had a couple things happen on this property so since you're willing to share, <laughs> please tell us. But also, yeah. I'll say you have a great attitude because you always say, this happened, but here's the silver lining, which is the right mindset for investing long-term. Yeah, of course. And and you mentioned black eyes. If I had a third eye, I'd have three black <laughs> eyes. Um, but yeah, I, I'd say it, it has been a challenge from the start. Um, you know, the radon was an issue that lingered on with the previous seller being contentious about how to resolve that issue. Um, and once we did finally close, um, I was listing my property on Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist, and they kept taking it down because apparently the the maybe it was the previous owner. I'm actually not entirely sure, but um, there was a scammer using my photos or my address. Um, so every put every posting I would put up was immediately re- removed. So um, it is definitely a challenge getting tenants in there. Um, and then, so before we run the yeah, next one, so one. with that, cause this is, I've never heard this before with these, you know, with these, your post being taken down Facebook and, and Craigslist. So what'd you do to resolve it and how'd you get tenants in there? Yeah. So I ended up, um, going with Roomster for a little bit. So I was getting some interest via Roomster. Um, and I eventually made a second Facebook account, um, and they they still kept taking that down, but um, eventually th- it got pushed through, and I was able to get some more interest back on Facebook. But to this day, Craigslist is is removing my photos and and or address location. I'm not entirely sure. Um, as we were talking before, I've reached out to the customer service on both platforms and have been. I uh, haven't had much success there, but um, it's a yeah. very polite way to say it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was definitely a challenge. A little. Um, so if anyone works for Craigslist or Facebook, <laughs> please email Ryan. <laughs> yes. Yes, please. Still waiting for an answer, by the way. All right. So, so Radon got resolved. I mean, it was a headache, mm-hmm. but they ended up what installing a second system or plugging in the fan or what was the resolution yeah so we had to do a little mitigation with the fan um so you actually removed the drywall and and sealed up the cracks in the foundation which allows the fan to work more effectively okay so that's what we did and the sellers took care of that right yeah okay so that got 
out there. You pivoted from Facebook and Craigslist to Roomster. Mm -hmm. You're getting the rooms filled. Now the third black eye, and this is probably the the biggest black eye. This is a big one. Yeah. Um, Probably about a month in from owning the property, uh, there was a massive flood in the basement bathroom. And that was directly the bat. That was the bathroom that my tenant was was using. So um, not only was I managing a full construction project, I was managing like expectations with the tenant. Um, so that was uh, that was definitely a challenge. But um, was able to you know complete that construction. It did take about a month and a half. Um, and uh, yeah, I think the the silver lining is 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 all the good contacts that I developed with managing that construction project right away um you know plumbers drywall guys carpet guys um you know you name it i'm much more confident going into my next property and and i really want to highlight this i mean just like your attitude because i remember like you know you email us or i get updates from lauren and then it would just be like cringe like ah like we just you know we Unfortunately, just it happens when you get the law of average. Like you, you hit the unlucky jackpot. We're like, hey, you know, most of the properties they're great. Then you know, there's a certain certain number that hey, just this stuff happens and it just it makes us cringe. We just you know, we feel bad for you. We feel bad on the situation, but happens. But you always kept a great attitude, which I think is a big difference maker between people that keep moving forward and have success, and not because it's always a matter of when, not if you get punched in the face like that. Mm-hmm. And your attitude the whole time is, hey, this happened, but here's the good news. Here's what's making me ready for the next property. I, I think that's such an important point to share. So taking a step back from that, why, how'd you train your mindset to go there? Cause I feel like a lot of new investors, they, they need help on the mindset there. What, what made you go to that positive space versus going down a dark rabbit's hole? Mm-hmm. Or do you know that just the way you're wired? Yeah. Um, I would, reference the spreadsheet that we're looking at is the positive outlook (laughs) is you know things do come your way and you just deal with them and you just know that in the long term all this is going to work out um i did have a flood but insurance luckily enough you know insurance took care of a lot of it um so there was a little bit of a headache there but i wasn't too much out of pocket financially um and yeah like i said i have the good contacts but I mean, I have a background in sales, so I know every every no you get is one no closer to a yes. So yeah, I don't know. That's kind of the mindset that I've worked with, um, you know, in, in my professional life. And and you just gotta, I don't know, you just gotta keep going. Think of the long the look, think of the long picture. And how do you manage your ten, tenant's expectations? I imagine he was not thrilled at the situation. And yeah, you know, these things don't re- don't get fixed and resolved within a day or two. Mm-hmm. He was actually relatively understanding. Um, I, you know, you know, when when the full picture was painted, because it seemed like every day I'd go down there, they're ripping out more and more, and it was down to the studs at one point. But once the once the timeline was established, I I talked to him about him, and I I gave him a free month rent. So um, it was inconvenient. He had to walk all the way upstairs to go to the bathroom for a month and a half, I'd say. Um, but yeah, uh, free month rent definitely went a long way there, and also I have a I have a good relationship with them. Like we're we're buddies, so um, I think him knowing that it really wasn't any of my negligence, um, he was he was pretty understanding. 
and also too, just, you know, you're taking action, you know, every single day to get yeah. the issue like resolved. So it's not like a, you weren't being like a slum, like Lord of like, yeah. well, this is what you signed up for and holding them hostage, you know, with a contract. I think that gives a lot of confidence to the attendants of, you know, knowing that you're, you're doing everything that you can to get it corrected and, you know, as fast as like possible. And then also you were giving him the additional funds, which always, <laughs> yeah. always helps. Yeah. So, you know, you're, you're feeling a little bit of the pain that he's feeling too. So you managed it really, really well. Yeah, no, definitely. I was always, you know, trying to push the project along. I think at one point I had 20 different contractors in and out of the house in one day. Um, wow. Yeah. That might be a record. I mean, I, I was, I, I'm a stickler for getting multiple quotes. So I had like three or four different plumbers out there three or four different drywall guys, uh, handyman. I even went that direction. Um, so, uh, you know, I was working and, and he saw that. So he was, he was pretty forgiving, which I seriously appreciate for sure. If he's listening. <laughs> Great. And he came off of a, a roomster. Like he was just a, a tenant you found off him and not, not a previous relationship, right? Uh, yeah, no, that was a roomster. Yeah. Roomster lead there. Um, didn't really want to, mess around with the previous relationships so great so as we wrap up this deal and now we are just getting the quarter two here so you are what five or six months into your you know your one-year requirement for staying there and you're just starting your search now for your rental property right like mm -hmm. just a true rental what are your what are your expectations like what are you shooting for and i think you're looking down in the springs or public market right or where are you looking at yeah, I'm kind of I'm I'm still up in the air with as far as markets. I'm entertaining different okay. different spaces. Um, but uh, the the main the main thing I'm bouncing back and forth is either condo or single family. Again, there's pros and cons of both. It seems. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm just kind of I'm looking for just cash flow property, and I don't I, don't, I haven't narrowed it down too much, but. Um, want to say two two to four hundred dollars cash flow um this is really my main goal yeah cool so you got some options you're gonna you're gonna close on that and then close on the next house hack towards the end of this year is that the is that kind of the rough plan rough plan okay yeah um we'll see how the market shapes up in november it's kind of an odd time to move um so maybe maybe spring of next year i'd say at the latest i'll be moving out and looking for another property Great. Thanks. Well, as we wrap up, any final closing thoughts, guys? No, nope, I think that was, you know, covered everything there. And it was really good and really appreciate you, you know, kind of sharing the the hard times uh, during your, your first house hack. It's like Chris says, you know, everyone kind of talks about all the positives, but um, it's really important to understand that things are going to happen and having that good positive attitude and, uh, you know, just willing just to focus on how can I fix this? Was that great? So really, really appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's um, it's definitely been a learning experience, but I wouldn't want it any other way because you're you're that much more educated going to the next property. Totally. Um, so everybody keep that in mind when you're uh, interested in getting into this, and just just keep on going. So feel free to reach out to me, I guess, with any questions. My uh, information is going to be in the show notes, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. Uh, what is the best way for people to reach you? We'll put the show notes that Facebook, email, what? 
Yeah, I'd probably say email, email or LinkedIn. Okay. Um, they could reach me and those should be in the show notes. Yeah, so. we'll put those in the show notes for sure. And, and the last question I have for you, Ryan, I mean, you know, this is a, the podcast is really a great way to network with people. Like, are there certain people you want to network with or people you can connect with? Like, what are you looking for? Like, any special requests you have that the audience maybe will help you out with? Good question. No, besides a uh, new co-star members, <laughs> exactly. I feel very confident the working with Chris. Is I feel very confident working with the Envision team here. Um, but yeah, if you have uh, any interest in getting into commercial real estate, uh, you know, CoStar is the world's largest commercial real estate data and analytics platform. I also represent LoopNet as well. So if you are trying to market any of your commercial real estate spaces, I could help you out with both of those. So yeah, I appreciate the plug there, Chris. You bet. Ryan, thank you so much. Lauren, thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.